Welcome to Season 3 of the Armchair Athletes on CMRU.ca. We're here to talk the four major American sports leagues. Your favorite sports show on CMRU.ca, hosted by Terrell, Taylor, Clayton, and Will. Hello everyone, welcome to the Armchair Athletes with Clayton, Terrell, Taylor, and Will. And we're doing this from a different studio, different location today. The studio being online. Uh, so, audio is probably not going to be the best this episode, but it is what it is. Let's get rolling here. Let's start off with the NFL and our picks of the week. How's that sound? Let's do it. That sounds Let's great. do it. Ready. So, I'll go first. Uh Last week, I, I had as my lock the Chiefs over the Patriots. Or wait, was that? Might have been. Yeah. yeah. That was last week? That was last week. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I assume the Chiefs won. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I was unaware of that. You got it. You got it. I was unaware of that game. <laughs> uh, anyways, continuing on yeah, here. Upset. Better. Actually, you know, I'll do my upset last because we had a monumental victory for uh, on this show. Uh, game of the week, Lions-Broncos. That wasn't game of the week material. I watched that game, and it wasn't great. Um, upset, I had the Seahawks over the Eagles, and my nine-game upset losing streak is over. And it was my own team that – this is it was my own team that did it for me too, which is pretty great. Even better. So. Yeah, I'm sure. Dub. I'm sure we'll get into that one later on in the show. Um, oh, I'll, I'll, I was gonna okay. say you have your picks this week, yeah. We're yeah, it's a little later than usual, folks. So we might be a little uh... <laughs> holiday <laughs> vacation. The boys are the boys are pretty chillaxed right now. Yeah, pretty out of schedule. So my lock is Seahawks over the Titans. Listen, we're confident after. The one win against the Eagles. I'm I'm bringing them in as the lock this time. What could go wrong? Oh, nothing. <laughs> Famous last words. I'm Upset. Vikings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully. Uh, Upset. I have the Vikings over the Lions here. Um, it's actually an important game. The Vikings, I believe, are within three or two wins of the uh, Lions. And they play them twice here within the last three weeks of the season, so it's a critical game. And Minnesota, uh, they're they're going to need to be desperate here to even just stay in the playoff race. A win would just be huge, even in that regard. So I think they're you're going to see a desperate Vikings team. And I don't think that the like the Lions obviously they want to win the division, right? But they've pretty much I think at this point got playoffs locked up. So I think that the Vikings are going to play a very good game and win this one. Game of the week here. Pretty self-explanatory, I think. Game uh, Cowboys and Dolphins. Actually, I shouldn't say that because most of the game of the week's bomb when it's two good teams. There was one earlier this weekend that wasn't very good. We'll talk about that. Okay, I'll go into my picks for this week. Uh, last week, I had Niners over Cardinals, and that one hit. Niners kind of blew them out. Cardinals did put up a good fight, though. Underdog, Broncos-Lions. That just wasn't happening. And then I would assume this is the game that you just referred to, Clayton, game of the week, Cowboys versus Bills. Yeah. Um, that wasn't a good game either. So one for three. Uh, this week, though, we're turning around. I got as my lock, uh, Bills over Chargers. 
I don't want to say it's self-explanatory, but I feel like you can probably figure that one out. Uh, underdog, I have Colts over Falcons. That one was a little confusing for me. I'm surprised that the Colts are uh, underdogs in that game, but you know, I'll take what I can get. And then uh, Michael Pittman's questionable. I yeah. Um, I was I was gonna say too. I was gonna I was gonna take that game, and I seen you took it first. So okay, yeah. Um, couple injuries, yeah, but it's the Falcons who just lost the Panthers, so I'm not I'm not too worried about it. And then uh, my game of the week again. This felt pretty pretty good. I'm pretty confident in this, but again, it could be a blowout like game of the week tends to be. I got Ravens Niners. Um, just two really good teams. Probably best in the NFC, best in the AFC, going head to head. So, yes, sir. Um, last week I was the same as Terrell. I picked Niners over the cards, kind of just like a basic pick. Um, uh, my underdog last week was Bears Browns. Uh, Browns ended up winning, but I think it was pretty close. So, mm-hmm. take the Bears. Why not? Uh, and then my game of the week was Cowboys Bills too, and wasn't really a game of the week, but oh well. Um, this week, uh, my lock is Packers over Carolina just because Carolina is just so bad. And I think the Packers, as much as they're very hot and cold, I think love has a good game and they probably win. Um, my underdog is the Ravens over the 49ers. Um, just cause I don't know why, but, um, yeah, I didn't want to pick them as a game of the week because I couldn't find very many other good underdogs so yeah. i was like well i'll take the them as the underdog because there's a chance they can win at least um and then my game of the week was cowboys dolphins even though i for some reason have a feeling that it might be another blowout if mm-hmm. if uh seattle can can handle the cowboys i think um dolphins probably can so it'll be interesting to see how that goes but uh true who knows? Cowboys seem to bounce back pretty pretty well as well, so who knows how it's going to go. It's two teams that aren't good against good teams, so it'll be kind of interesting to see how that goes because I think both of them have bad records against teams above 500. So They do. Yeah. They're both above 500 now, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But uh, It'll end maybe. in a tie. Maybe. Imagine. First tie of, the, tie of the year. There hasn't been a tie yet this year, has there? No. That'd be kind of funny. That'd be funny. Last week, Rams over Commanders for my lock. That hits. Also, I had Broncos over Lions for the upset. I mean, all paper. I think like that's a valid. I think so too. The Broncos have been playing yeah. well until that game, so can't argue. Yeah. Sam Laporta masterclass. He torched him. Yeah. He's a dog. Game of the week was also Cowboys Bills, which was another sleeper. Uh, this week, my lock is the Seahawks over the Titans. There we go. Honestly, I was going to pick just, that, and then I was just like, eh. I just have no, I have zero faith in the Titans. Yeah. I, and they, I just don't, also just don't enjoy watching them. They're so boring. Like, They're so boring. It turns into and just wants to track everybody, but not not a fun team to watch. I don't think they can beat the Hawks. Uh, my upset is the Cardinals over the Bears. It's a battle of mid, but of mid, not even, sorry, it's not the battle of, it's the battle of or it's not the battle of mid, it's 
healthy. Uh, but of the bad teams, I'm taking the Cardinals over the Bears because I just like the Cardinals. Their record isn't good, but they also didn't great year, so. My game of the week is Ravens Niners. Santa, Let's go. all I want for Christmas is a good football game. Uh, that's <laughs> the Christmas Day day game, I think. Come on, Santa. Deliver for us. Because I know it ain't happening Christmas Eve. <laughs> uh, nope. Yeah. Yeah, I got Ravens Niners. Well, all right. I think we'll – where do we want to start? Do we want to start with – you? Know, we start off any time that there's this – there was a score of Gami last week, guys. The uh, the Raiders beat the Chargers 63-21. to It's the first time it's ever happened. And as I pointed out on the TikTok last week, I think it was, we've been very spoiled this season. That's the eighth score of Gami of the season. Sorry, I was just letting my that's dog huge. in. I wasn't just opening the door for fun. So, just... That's what I thought you were doing. Yeah. It's okay. Your, your sure. dog needs to know about the score of Gami, too. That's yeah, true. true. Yeah, number one fan. I mean, we want to stick on that Raiders game. I kind of wanted to talk about the Chargers a little bit. Um, I mean, even I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't want to do, I don't want to victory lap my hating the Chargers team outside of Herbert and Keenan Allen stuff too much, just because I feel like that's I'm beating a dead horse at this point. Um, Easy pick, but it really is. Um, but they, I mean, they cleaned house. Staley's gone. Um, bunch of coordinators, bunch of coaches, all gone. Um, in my opinion, I think the owners should also be done as well. They should try and sell the team. But what do I know about that? Uh, it's just their team is—they're so old. They spend a ton of money. They don't get any better. Um, and I mean, you look at this roster. How many guys are going to be there outside of Justin Herbert in like the next two years? Not many. Rashawn Slater, no. maybe. Um, they, not a lot. To be fair, they did plan for Quentin Johnston to be, but the way he's well, going, he might not be either. I could have told him not to do that, but you know. <laughs> His um, you weren't you I weren't just... on him, Taylor. You didn't like him, huh? Terrell, sorry. Oh yeah, no, I did not like Quentin Johnston at all. Going into my, going into the draft, out of all the dudes that got like first round hype, he was my least favorite. Between like Addison, JSN, and Flowers, he's my least favorite, and it like wasn't particularly close. Yeah. Give you the give you the clairvoyant nickname. Well, I've said a lot of other things that I was big up on DTR heading into this season. He's been terrible when he comes in for the Browns, so I don't know if I deserve that title quite yet. Yeah, well, I I had a nine-game upset losing streak, and I still have the title, so... <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's uh, fair. I think... Yeah, that's true. And I then the last part of that Chargers thing... The last part of that Chargers thing I was going to say was that Staley got fired, got axed. Yeah. It's about time. Yeah. Uh, I've been very critical of him on this show here for really ever since the start of the season. It's bad play calling. He's part of the reason why they blew that lead to the Chargers or to the Jaguars uh, last playoffs. And then it's argued, too, that he's the reason why they didn't make the playoffs two years ago now 
when it was that game against the Raiders, Raiders and yeah. uh, the Raiders were playing for the tie in overtime. Staley calls a timeout to get his run defense out on the field. His run defense then got absolutely mowed through by Josh Jacobs, the, the play later, and ended up costing them the playoffs that season. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like you said, kind of took them long enough. But I mean... Yeah, this Chargers team, they're just – they might be screwed heading forwards. Outside of Justin Herbert, they just have, like, nobody on that team that is going to contribute to winning football. Yeah. Um, Keenan Allen's getting up there in age two. He was really the only other positive on that offense. And, yeah, they just got a bunch of old injury-prone guys kind of dotted all over the place, not a lot of talent on offense. I don't know, man. As much as I love Herbert, if he stays in Los Angeles with the Chargers – it's going to be a tough career going forward for him. Yeah. yeah. You could kind of um, tell Staley was done. What's that, Sorry, Taylor? I was saying you could kind did of tell walk? Staley was done. Oh, my God. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Go you ahead, go, go. You ahead. go. I was watching the end, like the final press conference after the game was over, and you could just tell he was done, too. You just, oh, yeah. just didn't, didn't. He said like four words the whole time. Then he, the final thing he made said was like, "Oh, teams got blown out all the time, and it's not that uncommon." Not and like he that. Just walks off, <laughs> and I bet you he just walked right into his car and just left. He just knew he was. Done. Oh, probably clean out his office and go home. Yeah. I mean, fun. teams get blown out. How many teams give up sixty-three to a point or a team that got shut out the week before? Probably not very many. No. no. It was. Did it was really watch just the game. No, I watched. A, I watched a bit of it. Yeah, I think I got. I got home at halftime, and it was like what? What was it? It was forty-two. It's forty-two. Oh, yeah, yeah. they're already at okay, forty. So I was like, yeah, no, I'll skip this one. You didn't. You didn't uh, think Easton Stick was going to lead the comeback? Forty-two in the half. See it. I I turned honest, it on. See it I turned it on and it got to thirty. And then I was like, yeah, I think this is probably safe to not watch. Not worth it. Yeah. Better things to do with your time. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if I made the joke last week, but Easton Stick is a name that should be in hockey. And after last week, I'm also convinced they should be playing hockey. I'm <laughs> I'm even more convinced. <laughs> Maybe he's got a better chance. Who knows? <laughs> uh um Do we wanna I mean listen, I'm more than happy to move on to the Seahawks. Terrell, I will gladly take, talk about bomb, bomb radio time. Take away, take it away, Terrell. I mean, if if we didn't win that game, that would have been so disappointing. But that last drive from Drew Locke, I think, is where we should probably be focusing on. Yeah. Um, the first two throws to DK had me a little worried. I can't lie. Um, he threw that like kind of crosser over the middle, and it was way out in front of DK, and DK had to dive to catch it. And he probably would have – I mean, on the broadcast, they said he might have scored a touchdown if that ball was more accurate. And I was like, no, no way. But then watching it back, I was like, oh, he might have been able to. Um, then the other one was the the catch on Bradbury where they were both kind of falling on the ground and DK just, like, picked it up off Bradbury's leg. Um, just two really, really not great throws. But he made up for it. I mean, that first throw to DK down the sideline – like, couldn't have placed it any better. Couldn't have froze time and walked over and handed it to him. It was just, like, perfect location. It was just a beautiful throw. 
Um, and then, I mean, again, that JSN throw couldn't have been yeah. any better. And obviously JSN had that, that was like an absurd catch just right on the fingertips. Um, yeah. I was just, I was so excited. And then the other thing is, is uh, on that, on the, I believe it was that final DK throw down the sideline. Jalen Carter got pancaked by Damian Lewis. And that had me, I was pretty excited watching that back. Um, I mean, do you have any other thoughts about that, that final drive? I was just, I thought it was great stuff from Drew Locke. Well, I, I saw the highlights of the game, but I guess I was a, maybe a little bit of a bad fan on Monday, wasn't watching the game. Of course, the one game that I'm not watching, they snapped the losing streak and they snapped my losing streak as well. Um, not watching. But, uh, hey, I had a good... I had a good reason not to watch. I was uh, I had free tickets to a Flames game five rows up. I'm not gonna turn that down. <laughs> um, Should have been watching both. Should have been on the phone. Yeah. There. Yeah. So. Um. But I will say, from what I saw from the highlights, looked like Julian Love had an amazing game too. Uh, two picks, and I don't know if you saw Terrell. There was a clip from this summer, Julian, when Julian Love was still with the uh, Giants. Giants, yeah, and he Talking said that, yeah, he said yeah. something along the lines of that Sirianni's just kind of a guy there; he doesn't really do much. And you know what? He backed up his trash talk this week. I respect it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Sirianni's a great coach still. I think it's just that the offensive and defensive coordinators in Philly aren't quite the same as they were last year, but. That is just, it is a great clip to pull up after that game. It's and, uh, good stuff. And, I mean, I'm going to echo what you basically said about that game-winning drive. I did see all the highlights from it. James Bradbury got cooked on that final oh, drive. Dude. Ridiculous. Uh, and, yeah, what a throw that final one was there to JSN. And amazing oh, catch. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you saw as well, there was a catch that... JSN made in the Rose Bowl, I believe, last year. It yeah, was like same, some same kind thing. of... Basically. I don't know if it was a game-winning touchdown or not, but it was a touchdown, and it looked identical. I think it mm -hmm. was a game-winning one. Okay. Yeah. It's ice in the veins. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you had CJ Stroud to Drew Locke, but it was pretty close. It looked pretty close. <laughs> I don't know. One of them did terrible. it in the NFL. One of them did it in college. Therefore, yeah. I mean, any, any Drew Locke's better. Backpack celebration too, That's true. Pretty, yeah. That's true. So what are you guys' thoughts on the quarterback situation then with Seattle? Drew Locke, what do you guys think? You read my mind, Well, I was just going to ask Terrell that. Would we, should we start uh, Drew Locke this weekend instead of Geno Smith, Terrell? Here, okay. I was kind of hoping everyone else would give their answer first because I have I'll a stack that I want to sweet. Damn right they should. I think okay. He's, I, think he's, I, think, I think he will be better. He's younger than Geno. He doesn't look much different than Geno this year. Obviously, Geno was better last year. He played his first game, like, full game since he played with the Broncos, and he looked good. Not fantastic, like, not unbelievable, but we also have to realize that he's played one game. I think he's just a more athletic, just younger version of Geno, in my opinion, at least, from watching that game. He had struggles in Denver, and I think, like, what the announcers were saying in the game, like, he's had a lot of, like, growing up to do. Because I think he thought he was the guy when he went to mm -hmm. Denver and then struggled. So they just kind of 
let him go kind of thing. And then now I think that he's in Seattle and he's had a year um, kind of competing for the second spot. Um, I think he should start, but that's just me. Who wants to go next? I'll go last because I have thoughts. I'm going to say. I think he showed you what he can do last week. And like you said, it's not like Gino has been down this year. Like, what is that, a game or two? But overall, hasn't really shown anything to make you say Gino has to be the guy, you know? I'm going to say you play him this weekend. Um, I think you give him the game this weekend. Now, if he doesn't play good, I think then you go back to Gino. But I think from what I seen last weekend, or from, I guess, the highlights I saw, um, seemed to play a very good game. And, I mean, I think you continue the vibes from last week on to the next week. Okay. I don't disagree. I'm kind of between the two. Um, and I know that I've been a, a Geno agenda pusher on the show. But the stat that I found is that in games where both of our starting tackles are healthy, which is Charles Cross and Abe Lucas, and then Geno starting, he has a .227 EPA per play and a 53.5% success rate. And the current leader in the NFL, which is the 49ers, is .205 EPA per play and 51% success rate. So when we have both our starting tackles and Geno's in, we have, per EPA, for EPA per play and success rate, better offense than the best in the NFL. So now, granted, it's a very small sample size just because they haven't, Abel Lucas has been out a ton. Um, same with Charles Cross, so they just haven't has been a lot of crossover between the two guys. Um, but I mean, when they're all on the field together, it's been really, really successful stuff. And I think Gino can probably operate the offense at a higher level than Drew Locke, with assuming everyone's healthy. But would I be mad if they started Drew Locke in Tennessee? Not really. Um, I think both guys are capable, and I think both of them can lead to wins. I just think I'd still probably rather start uh Gino assuming everybody's healthy and uh what do you think of Jamal Adams being uh it sounded like he was healthy scratch before the game it's it's very weird right I seen people on Twitter uh seen a couple people say that the report was he was healthy scratched but Pete Carroll's press conference he was like oh we can't wait to have uh Jamal Adams back on the field uh mm -hmm. which was before the news had come out so what do you think, Terrell? Because the last game that we saw Jamal Adams in, we talked about it last week, he was not very good in that game. He was not. And I mean, after after this game with Julian Love, where really the two things, or the biggest thing that Jamal Adams is bad at is just coverage and being rangy in coverage. And Julian Love on that final play went from like midfield to the sideline in a few seconds to make that pick. So, I mean, at this point, I think it's kind of Julian Love's spot to lose. Um, yeah, and I love Jamal. I think he's a great player, but I just don't know if he fits that safety role for us. Now I have it down in the document. I've talked about it before. Bobby Wagner's out there. He gets picked on every play. Um, send him to the bench, put Jamal Adams in at linebacker. Bobby Wagner should not be on the field anymore. As far as I'm concerned, he has looked terrible in coverage when he's out there. Now, granted against the run, he's still great. That's kind of his, his bright spot as a player. But, um, yeah, anytime a ball goes over the middle, he just isn't quite quick enough to make stops like he used to. Um, and teams pick on him. So 
I think Jamal is at the very least um, more athletic still than Bobby Wagner is. So I think he could probably make some of those plays over the middle. Um, but yeah, at this point, I'd rather see Julian Love starting at strong safety. What else do you got here? Because I do see a point that I want to bring up to that I've seen. Okay. Um, Nick Sirianni, he admitted post-game that the final throw to A.J. Brown, the one that was picked by Julian Love, they were trying to draw a defensive P.I. call, which, I, I mean, I don't think that should, I don't know. I don't know if that should be the strategy. No, yeah, I don't understand the oh game-winning play. Let's go to get a penalty. I mean, you see that in basketball too, where guys will like flop mid-shot to try and get the foul. But it's like, okay, you might get the foul. Chances are you're just throwing up a brick and you're gonna screw your last possession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of like it wasn't a well enough thrown ball for that tenor. It worked no. anyways. Like it was so far behind. He needed to have a chance to try and catch it for it to be close yeah. enough. Yeah. But I mean part of me thinks I can see how potentially it could work, maybe, but I'm get at the same time you're probably saying to your defense before you go out there, please do not grab anybody or do anything. Which obviously you're thinking about that every single play, but especially in like a basically a Hail Mary situation. You're going to probably load the box on AJ, and then, like, when Love came kind of across the field, the ball had to be thrown a lot better for it to have any chance for a mm-hmm. PI, I think, because he could just undercut it, and there's nobody nobody really... It wasn't even it. close. Yeah. It was just, yeah, it was thrown too far behind for it to be a catchable ball. Um, maybe the ref would have thrown a flag if it was, had a little more juice on it. I don't know. Yeah. But it, I'm certainly glad they didn't, because that would have been such a such a bad way to end that game to get bailed out on DPI. Yeah. Um, yeah. A few of the other things I have, uh, just like the rest of the secondary too, it was, we had a lot of backups in with Devin Witherspoon out and uh, Tariq Woolen getting benched. Mike Jackson, so who we, he, he's, he's still really good in coverage. He can't tackle. Nice. So he's um, Mike Jackson, just Pete Carroll said, Mike Jackson just outplayed him in practice and, or in the starting spot. Um, but, and we've been active Mike Jackson haters on the show and off the show. But I mean, when he's come in, he's been good. Same with Artie Burns. Um, the depth guys, because Trey Brown is out as well as Devin Witherspoon. Yeah. So we had a couple backup corners in there as well. Um, and everyone, everyone played really well as far as I was concerned. Um, it was just, it was a really, um, I don't know what the word would be, reassuring, maybe, inspiring, yeah. sure, uh, performance from the defense with all the backups in uh, against an Eagles defense that, granted, hasn't been as good as they were last year, but still, overall, a lot of talent on that offense. Um, and I was just, I was really happy to see that because Seattle's defense has kind of been getting picked apart the last few games, so... I was happy with it. Um, and then one of the things you kind of mentioned when you were talking about that game-winning drive is James Bradbury just getting, like, hunted. I think yeah. every catch every catch to wide receiver, JSN and DK, were all on Bradbury. If you go back and watch the highlights, every single one of them, Bradbury was in coverage. 
which yeah. is just nuts to me. Like that Eagle secondary, man. And we talked about it the week before their secondary and their linebackers are huge issues for them and couldn't have been showcased any better than Monday night football. Your number one corner getting beat four times just consistently to lose the game. Yeah. That Eagle secondary, man. I don't know. They just, they need something there. And then uh, the other problem with the Eagles is their rushing offense just isn't as good as it was last year. Um, Sanders was a big loss as much as he hasn't really done anything since going to Carolina. And DeAndre Swift just hasn't been as productive as he was at the start of the year. Um, He's had 39 total touches between the last three games for, I can't remember how many yards it was. It was 150 something maybe. So he just isn't being efficient catching or running the ball. However, the Eagles need, uh, you know, a jolt off the bench. Maybe they have a certain former Seattle Seahawk on their roster still who hasn't got a lot of, a lot of love in Philly yet. Bring in Rashad Penny, man. Why not at this point? I mean, DeAndre Swift has just been, he's been terrible in the past few games and the last three losses here. So why not? Yeah. Also true. But really nobody, I was going to say nobody in that running back room at the moment is moving me. Not Kenneth Gainwell, not Boston Scott. So Rashad Penny, why not? We've seen maybe, maybe, you know, they're saving him for the playoffs and we'll see playoff penny and he goes for 200 yards a game i don't know but they just need something to fix that rushing offense because it's not nearly as efficient as it was last year yeah um and i think that's probably everything that i wanted to talk about Uh, it's everything that i want to mention so okay perfect um how's your guys fantasy teams doing semi-finals in my one league Semifinals. Uh, I had a bye this week, which was great. I didn't have to look at the app. And then I was in the consolation for the other one, so I didn't look. I didn't even change my lineup, and I still won. So I'm in the, like, playing for, like, sixth or something in the other league. But Mine are non-existent, so. My other team that's not in the semifinals, uh, our last week of our regular season was just this past weekend. And so I had C.J. Stroud on my team. He was the quarterback of that team. And I needed to win to make the playoffs. And so since Stroud was out, I needed a quarterback. And I picked Zach Wilson because of the weekend he had before. He ended up fumbling the football, got hurt, put up negative 2.7 points. And, I mean, I guess that's what you get for betting on Zach Wilson. So, <laughs> You know, I saw the reproductions of that too. I had Bruce Hall. Oh, I won my league, but 2.8 from Brees Hall is uh, not going to cut it. So, you know, I'll talk to him in practice this week. Well, players only meeting. Uh, just get the boys ready to go for round two. Yeah. While we're, uh, while we're talking about the Jets, have you guys been following the Aaron Rodgers stuff recently at all? It's very weird. Dude. He, should, he should not play I, he's not going to. Yeah, I really don't understand why they would even like talk about him playing. Especially, Especially yeah, with I think. Record. Go ahead, Taylor. Yeah. Sorry, I was just saying with their record right now, it's not worth it. They've been They're eliminated, like, haven't uh, they? Yeah. If they were like a bubble like playoff team, maybe. But I still don't know. Like he, like you trade 
a lot for this guy. I just don't see why you would bring him back this late in the season when he's not, not only fully healthy, like against yeah. a full, full hundred percent like offense and defense. Like that's just an injury waiting to happen. Yeah. And I think you just pack it in and wait for next season. You try and prepare for next yeah. season with Rogers. I think is what 100%. they should do. That's yeah, because the latest news to come out is that he went on the Pat McAfee show after the Jets had lost their game last week and said that after previously saying that he was going to be reinstated onto the roster and maybe ready within the next few weeks, after they lost this game, he went on the Pat McAfee show and said, yeah, I'm not medically cleared. I won't be playing this season, which is just like, duh, like, come on. No one thought that you were going to come back, man. And to kind of string the fan base along for like the entire season with, oh, maybe, especially after how bad their quarterback play has been so far, it's like, I really don't understand it. And then the other thing is the Jets have brought him onto the 53-man roster and they cut, I can't remember what his name is, but obviously some guy, some bubble player. Yeah. So they cut some dude on the roster so that Aaron Rodgers, who's not even going to play, can be on the roster come to the end of the year, which like, why? I don't really understand. You're just making some other dude lose a paycheck who is a fringe player anyways, so... It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, to me, personally, we talked about this last year during the whole where's Aaron Rodgers going to go thing of Aaron Rodgers kind of being a bit of a diva and seeking attention. With I was about whole... to say, I was going to yeah, say this ahead. is classic Rodgers. Exactly. With the, like last year with the ayahuasca darkness retreat and then this year tearing Achilles week one and immediately being like, I might come back this year, guys. Guys, I might come back. You don't know. I could be medically cleared. It could happen. And then as soon as they're eliminated, being like, actually, never mind. It wasn't going to happen. It just, I, I'm i not a fan of it. Um, and I'm sure Jets fans aren't either. I'd be pretty frustrated if Aaron Rodgers is my quarterback and that was the treatment we got this year. And then on top of everything else he's done, he has to be buddies with all of his former teammates and bring in a bunch of guys, which is why Tim Boyle's on the team to start with. He's a former Aaron Rodgers teammate. who was just God awful. And he came in same with Dalvin cook, although not a teammate. Alan but Lazard struggled. Alan too, Lazard. Right? He's been terrible so far. So Rogers playing buddy is GM and just bringing in all his friends. Hasn't paid off for him. And yeah, man, I feel bad for jets fans. That's for sure. I saw I a trade rumor that, though. That guy that oh, got you cut. Go, that guy that got cut, CFL, Great Cup MVP next year. So, there we go. Might happen. That's what you I'm, never that's know. What look forward to. This is the redemption story for him. It starts right now. Yeah. Don't even know what his name is, but <laughs> just wait. He's I'm going to look it up. Book it. Um, I saw a trade rumor, though, the other day surrounding the Jets, and it was Alan Lazard first for Vontaze. Ooh. Why? Why would the Raiders do that? I mean, I guess they get a draft pick out of it. Yeah. To be fair, the Raiders did give up, I believe it was a second for Devontae Adams. So technically they're bringing in more value. That's profit. That's That's... profit, baby. (laughs) I guess that is more value than they gave up for him. So it's a net plus, I guess, in the end. The Raiders are playing the long game here. That's what we didn't consider. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know Devontae's going to go. Like, Devontae's yeah. going to go. Like, yeah. Oh, to go back with Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, There's no absolutely. chance he would be like, ah, I'm okay. I'm sticking with Aiden O'Connell out here in Las Vegas. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, the guy the Jets cut, fullback uh, Nick Bowden, who's now back on the practice squad, I believe. He, he's going to be converted fullback – or, sorry, converted – running back for the next great CFL team. Oh, dude, he's putting up 3,000 in the CFL next year. Yeah, it's going to happen. Um, Maybe he'll take Najee Harris's spot. He'll take it. True. <laughs> um, he's got the capabilities to do. He sure does. I think anybody does. Sticking, sticking in the AFC East here, let's talk about the Buffalo Bills, man. They whooped the Cowboys. Like, that was brutal. They're coming into form at the right time. It's true. I mean, I was going to say, if I'm a if I'm a high seed, I'm not wanting to go against them in a, as a wild card team. So, mm-hmm. absolutely not. Out of everybody they in the AFC, too, didn't they? Uh, the Bills. Yeah, I the believe so. I think that's kind of where the Eagles' streak started or losing yeah. streak. So it's like any of like the top. No, they lost to the Eagles because oh, that was okay. the. Yeah, that was the one where Jalen Hurts rushed it in in overtime to win. Right, oh, right. yes. Even still, I think they give Chiefs yeah. a tough go. Yeah, I again, I wouldn't want to be playing the Bills come wildcard time. No. Just, I feel like Josh Allen's kind of one of the guys where if he's on your team, he got a shot in the playoffs. He's just that good. Unless um, you get to overtime. And, yeah, true. Well, if you get to overtime, you can throw for – uh, one play touchdown, but then it won't matter because the defense will give it up again immediately. So, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, James Cook. I know we talked about Josh Allen, but James Cook. How many? He had two hundred and twenty something rushing yards against the Cowboys. Like Josh Allen barely did anything. James Cook was just out there well, cooking the Cowboys. Dare I say? I think um, I think Allen's total was ninety three passing yards because after the game he said it's like when you get an A on a group project when you do nothing. Didn't do anything. So, yeah. yeah. Um, here's actually something I was thinking about. Since we're not doing this live, technically we can swear, can we not? I was thinking the same thing. I have a couple of quotes for the NHL later. Okay. That... Okay. Good. Because we can. We can throw the explicit warning up on Spotify. Folks at home, if you're listening and you don't feel like hearing a curse word right now, you should plug your ears real quick. Um, I believe the quote from Josh Allen after the game, there was a video of the, the locker room for the Bills where he said, run the damn ball. I mean, if you're put, running backs putting up 220-whatever yards, why not, you know? Might as well. I was like, I was like, I, I, I might have actually said "damn" a couple times on this show. So. Yeah. Well, so. listen, I just wanted to, I just wanted to check in first before I, before I said the, the. I feel like a feel bad like Dan's word. A very fringe curse word. Yeah, it I know. is. I know. It's like, it's like you wouldn't, you might it's not like, say it around your grandma, but if it slips, you're gonna be fine, right? Yeah. True. I'm a damn fly. I don't know. Maybe I'm just cool with my grandma. <laughs> Yeah. Dep- um, depends on the grandma, I guess. Yeah. So true. when you're with so when you're with your grandma and you see a beaver, are you like, would you call its house then? Darn. <laughs> <laughs> you 
Well, that's I don't know if the... we can do two pun episodes uh, in two weeks. I was I uh, you're lucky I skipped one I had in the notes. I didn't I didn't touch one of them. I left it alone. Um, Spotify Q and A question this week: Do you say "damn" around your grandma? Yes or no? We have it locked in. Yeah. I'm probably not sure. <laughs> okay. um, do we want to talk yeah. about the flip side of that game now? Because the Dallas Cowboys, who it looked like might with the run that the Eagles were on, might have ended up. Uh, winning the NFC East, and they would have been in first place all alone had they won this game against the Bills. And, oh boy, was that a bad game for Dallas. Terrible. Um, yeah, I mean, they were just getting torched all game. Like, couldn't... Their defense was like a wet Kleenex out there. I mean, James Cook was just running right through them. It wasn't even close. Um, there really isn't that much to say about this game, I don't think, other than the fact that that Cowboys defense is just getting torched. Um, and the offense wasn't much better. So, yeah. Um, that kind of does lead into the next point that I have down here with the Cowboys' lackluster offensive performances. Uh, for me, MVP was kind of coming down to two players, and it's Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott. And after this performance from Dak Prescott, I think Purdy might win it, man. I think it's yeah. it's going to be up to like Lamar and maybe McCaffrey if he puts up some good numbers in the past or the next little bit here. Um, I think Purdy's kind of got it locked up though. As yeah, much of so a how how big is this uh, this upcoming game towards the MVP race? I think it's huge because I think Lamar is one of the guys that I would also have up there as a as a favorite for MVP. Um, so going head to head against the Niners. Uh, it'll be huge. Now, granted, I think the Niners defense is better than Baltimore's, not by much. So I think it'll be a tougher task for Lamar, maybe. But if he, you know, if Purdy puts up a stinker and Lamar kind of torches the Niners, that could do it, that head-to-head battle. Um, but same side of the coin, if Purdy even plays okay and Lamar kind of has a bad day, then yeah, I think Purdy's kind of got it locked up. The thing with the McCaffrey thing, too, is Purdy's his quarterback, so yeah. it looks good for Purdy as well if McCaffrey does well. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like kind of tough. It's at this point, it's uh, I don't think McCaffrey's going to get it. I think it will be Purdy, but yeah. I don't even. I think that the fact that McCaffrey's even in the discussion at all kind of shows that he is the most valuable player on that team. To be completely honest, because running backs never get that recognition anymore. Um, Trent Williams was also on the MVP ladder at one point, too. I don't know if that was for everyone. I know what, who you're thinking of. I think Emmanuel Acho had his MVP ladder that had Trent Williams on it. Yeah, I but, take that back. <laughs> he says. He is, he's had some questionable takes. <laughs> but honestly, I mean, it's not that crazy to say that Trent Williams is, like, insanely valuable as an offensive lineman. Last three games without him. Like, him and Debo, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's. I think it does come down to Purdy at this point. I think he probably will end up winning it. I just don't see – what are the Niners' last few games? We got the Ravens. We got Commanders-Rams. I mean, the Rams' defense going to stop the Niners. Chance he, he, That's – yeah, like that schedule is not 
crazy, especially with how good the Niners are. Um, I don't know. Baltimore kind of makes me nervous for some reason. Baltimore, yeah, no. They, out of all the teams there, yeah, they definitely have a shot at it. I think it's – if there's any team that can beat the Niners, it is probably the Ravens at this point. I think um, that's also, like, when you said Lamar for potential MVP, I've had him on my fantasy this year, so I've noticed. He sits a lot when their team is up, which doesn't help him either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, he never he never really puts up crazy numbers or anything. Well, it's yeah. just because, like – um, some of the games they get up by so much and a lot of the time like there was a couple games this year where it was their defense that scored like two touchdowns and then they're mm-hmm. up by like 30 and mm-hmm. then they just put Huntley in and it's like mm-hmm. that it kind of screws Lamar out of a chance because he doesn't have as many snaps played and stuff like that whereas yeah. Purdy in, in, in blowout still plays so he's up there yeah pretty might, much that might be another reason why he might not have a chance and Purdy will potentially be a lock for it yeah, purely just playtime. But I mean, I was I was gonna ask you guys. So I seen. Uh, uh, did you guys see the thing that uh, Trent Williams and Christian McCaffrey they were up at the podium together, and they refer to themselves as Robin Big from uh, MTV Fantasy Factory. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. Yeah, I know that's an all-time show right there. Yeah, I, Rob Dyrdek's other show, Ridiculousness, is one of my favorite TV shows, so I like the reference. I respect that. Um, next one we have here, yeah, the Jaguars. Speaking of the Ravens, oof, they were not looking good out there. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is off having many painkillers running out there on a high ankle sprain. Uh huh. Their offense doesn't look good. Their defense doesn't look any better, so... Man, it's – I think that the Jags are going to regret not sitting Trevor Lawrence in the long run. I really think they are. Yeah. Um, they're now tied with the Colts and Texans for first in the AFC South, and it looked like the Jags were running away with it. Now, credit to both the Texans and the Colts for staying in that fight. Two teams that we didn't expect to have their names in the, the, the conversation this late in the season. Nope. But, man, it's – it was the Jags' division to lose, and it's they're it's looking like they might lose it. Um, yeah, I think this season was supposed to be one where the Jags were supposed to, I think, take that next step into uh, the next tier of teams, become a contender. Um, and really, all they've been this year has been a pre- pretender. When you think about it, they have. I think this year is a failure if they don't make the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. They've just I, – I was super high on them coming into this season, and I thought that maybe they'd be one of the top teams in the AFC. Um, but they've just been so disappointing, like, across the board. Um, Trevor Lawrence hasn't taken that next step like I thought he maybe could. Yeah. But also the situation around him isn't great. Their rushing offense sucks. Their offensive line is terrible. So as much as it is maybe partially on him just because he hasn't been uh, as good as everyone expected him to be, I think that's the biggest thing is that their offensive line is just it's bad and yeah. when you're a quarterback it's hard to hard to come back from stuff like that. Um and then when you can't run the ball, same thing. We saw it with the Chargers, we've seen it um over the past few seasons with them where they can't run the ball to finish out games and it ends up coming back to bite them and that's what the Jags are kind of going through right now with just a lack of rushing offense. Yeah. 
Did you guys see that uh, there were six backup quarterbacks that won this week? I didn't, I like but that doesn't surprise me. I think Jake Browning, most, most in NFL Mullins. history in a week. Lock. McConnell. O'Connell. Would O'Connell be the starter, though? Because they've, they've benched Jimmy G, haven't they? What, is it, what does it count as? I think it's just not the starting quarterback from the year. The start from the, the start year, of the right? season? Okay, yeah. I, I believe so. Did I say Mullins? Yeah, you did. Yeah. I, there was six. Oh, no, Mullins is on the Vikings, is he not? Yeah. And they yeah. lost and they lost to Cincy. It Jake wasn't Mullins. Oh, that's right. Case Keenum. Case Keenum. True. Texas, Case Keenum yeah. beat Tennessee. That's true. Um, but I mean anyways, that's kind of crazy to think about. It is, it is. I can't remember what exactly the number is, but I think there's been it's like sixty some odd starting different quarterbacks so far this year with thirty two total teams. So it's been I, the year of the backup. Um, speaking of backups, do you guys think that Jake Browning will have a full-time job somewhere next year? Like starting? Yeah, have a full-time job probably on the bench somewhere. I, I don't think he's going to be a starter. a starter for anywhere, but I it's, think he'll get paid to be a backup. Maybe if he's on a, maybe if he's on like a, he gets signed to a kind of a smaller deal to some team that really wants a quarterback like desperately. I think but, it. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. No, Terrell, go ahead. You need to finish. I really didn't. I know I didn't really have that much else to say. So it was just, I don't know if he's ready yet either, but he's been playing really well when he's been in. So I, I was just wondering mm-hmm. if you guys thought that maybe there'd be somebody that he, I think, they, that would desperately take him. But I, I was going to say it depends on how he finishes out the season too. Like if within these next three games, if he doesn't play well, probably going to end up on the bench as Terrell said. But if he continues on this role that he's on, I think someone's going to take a chance on him as a starter that doesn't have a quarterback. But uh, I, I'm a fan of a team without a quarterback, so I would take have, him. You can have Drew Luck for Joey Porter Jr. in a first, buddy. Um, you can take because <laughs> like he's not playing for the rest of the year, anyways. But can we True. talk about that hit? That, that was. What is, there's been a lot of discourse. The suspension. Yes, I think that was a horrible hit. I, it was. Honestly, as I was watching that, I really didn't think Pittman was going to get up from that. No, me neither. Make sure the ambulance pulling on the field and him getting. Yeah, it was. Uh, watching it, you could just tell that the whole defense was frustrated, and I think it was just a frustration hit. It was just an anger hit. Mm-hmm. It was just trying to shake something up. It kind of felt like the same vibe as like a hockey fight where you're trying to get your okay. team back in it, but it ended up just being a stupid play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with, it kind of started a big discourse in the NFL. Like Tom Brady commented on it, talking about throwing hospital balls, and a bunch of other quarterbacks have as well. And I understand that sentiment where offenses shouldn't be rewarded for throwing hospital balls, but at the same time, like Pittman's out for the game, so they aren't rewarded for it. Um, he came, and back. I mean, did he come back in the game? Yeah, I think he played. He went for concussion protocol, and I thought he was fine. I'm pretty sure. No, was it not? Out. I thought he was out. Is yeah. he out? He's, yeah. Still going to oh, okay. I thought he came back in the game. Maybe I was wrong, but he's on my I think... fantasy team. I was all over that shit, bro. Okay. <laughs> I need him back. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was kind of a fraudulent fan. I was kind of like half watching. I mean, I yeah, he got 30 put up on you by the Colts. I don't blame you for that one, honestly. We're getting put thirty put up on us by anybody right now, so it's just that's also sad. fair. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, that was, I, I can understand where people like Brady come from, obviously, where you shouldn't be throwing balls like that because you're putting your receivers in harm's way. But at the same time as a DB, you got to understand that all you're doing there is you're getting your team put in a bad position because either you're getting ejected or you're getting a penalty or both. Um, and I mean, I guess you just got to kind of got to know better. Like, I don't know. That seems like, seems like something you just shouldn't do. I, like I said, I think it was just straight frustration. There was no thought put into it. He was yeah. trying to, he was trying to hit him hard. I don't know if it was because he was trying to, you know, pop the ball loose or just hit him hard and hurt yeah. him, but trying to make a play, but seem like very much to basically no thought process. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of those hits, that's usually what happens. It's either there's an underlying, I want to hurt this guy or it's just not thinking, but just a frustration. Yeah. Yeah, I think just that whole I mean, organization right now is just kind of built on frustration. But yeah. that's yeah, that's fair. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's the NFL's put a big emphasis on you know player safety and lack of you know shots to the head, and that was a shot to the head. So it makes sense that he got ejected we've and suspended out for the season. We've seen a lot of suspensions this year. So I mean, yeah, Kareem Jackson's been racking him up like nobody's like, business he's so like, he's putting dream on on watch for suspensions <laughs> here but uh yeah um we uh we can i kind of want to talk about the that bears and browns game because i don't know if you guys saw well first the hail mary to mooney which was like very very nearly completed oh, yeah man. that was crazy it was I so called that nearly completed that's like that was it. Yeah. Like, how do you drop that? It was in your heads. That's crazy. Um, that was that was a brutal one. But the the play that really I think was even worse was the drop by Robert Tunyon. Did you guys see that one? No, I don't no. watch the game. They they saw that I picked them as the upset, and they're like, ah, I'm gonna <laughs> not catch the ball nope. this time. It's uh, if if you want to be really sad that Justin Fields made a good play and was sold by a receiver, just look at. Robert Tunyon drop because it was like it was a fantastic play from Fields um, and it hit Tunyon square in the hands and he just bobbled it and dropped it um, which is kind of a encapsulation of Justin Fields' career so far to this point where you know you see the talent you see it in flashes and then the rest of the team just kind of fails them mm-hmm. um, but yeah I don't know that uh, was just a disappointing game the first year since we we've been talking since we've been talking a lot about uh fantasy football on this show the first year that I played fantasy football I picked up Robert Tanyan as my tight end that he did nothing <laughs> We should have known bad last year for the Packers was he I don't think I so. had him I had I'm him sure in the the I had him the year before and he didn't do okay. much I'm for me I'm pretty sure last year he was okay cuz I had him too at the end of the year and he had a couple really good games Oh okay yeah. That was still Rogers, so maybe that's it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that was just it was a really disappointing play. Last thing, I think, and then we can move on to NHL or NBA, whatever you want to talk about next. T. Higgins. We had that was two in... game winning catches. And I was I wanna say that JSN's was a better game winner, but dude, that T. Higgins catch was Crazy. I think T. Higgins. That might have been so that might be catch of the year. 
Just like I the mean, recap was just so crazy. I was gonna say it the catch so itself. simple what he did. It was just like nuts to see. Like I've never seen. It. Yeah, awesome. it was the moss, and then yeah, that second effort, and just, it was just, just. Sorry, go ahead. Finish. I was just gonna say, the that the Vikings had two DBs. The guy that got dunked on by Higgins, and then there's a dude kind of standing off to the side, like just watching T Higgins stretch his arm out to get the touchdown. It just looked really funny to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was it was an insane catch. I just kept seeing the meme of like Space Jam when he's going for the dunk and his arm stretches all the way out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That that's what I kept seeing and I was like that's actually perfect cuz it like I'm surprised his arm didn't just like pop out of its socket. Like he was like fully reached. It was crazy. And at first glance I was like, "Okay, he just like reached his arm out, but it's down at like the 2." Like it didn't look yeah. like he even got it close got it to over. waving it over the pylon. But I looked at it again, I was like, "Oh my god, he actually Used his seven foot eight wingspan to get it over there, but it was it was yeah crazy play. Yeah, it's lots. Uh, do you guys have anything else for the NFL? No, go there Hawks. There we go. Okay, do you want to go NHL then? Yeah, I'll do NHL winners and losers here. Um, gonna start off first winner Washington Capitals won three in a row. They're gonna be in that giant mix of teams in the East, uh, trying to get into the last wildcard spot at the end of the season. So I think little runs like this are definitely going to be helpful, helpful for them by the time you get into April, and you need to win every game you can. You need every point to get in. And uh, Alexander Ovechkin, he scored the overtime winner tonight, um, and it was his first goal in four. Well, he, he had a 14-game goalless drought, so I think it'd be the official stat would be first goal in 15 games then. But uh, and I'm I'm hoping Ovi scores a bit more because that's only his sixth goal of the season, and he's of course trying to catch Wayne Gretzky for the all-time goals record. Um, he's going to need to finish out the season strong, I think, if he wants to give himself a chance here. He'll need at least 25, I think, this season um, to stay on track. Next winner here, Nathan McKinnon. He's on a 16-game point streak, which is currently the most in the NHL. This guy right here has the second most with 12. Of course, I'm pointing to my Jack Eichel signed jersey there. Uh, oh, oh, I guess for your screen. <laughs> that is funny. I saw it. I saw it. I, it made sense. Well, Terrell... Uh, I guess, yeah, he's ahead of Terrell then by about four games. Um, <laughs> but no, Nate McKinnon, in all seriousness, he's on an amazing streak. Uh, 16 games, 28 points over that streak. And he's now second in the NHL for 48 points, which is nine behind Nikita Kucherov for the league lead. And I don't think McKinnon's really ever won any major awards. I know he won the Calder Trophy for Rookie of the Year um, in his rookie year. But I don't think he's won any major awards since then. He might have. I, I, he wouldn't have won the Lady Bing. He plays way too physically to win that award. Um, so I think for Nathan McKinnon, um, he's going to want. I think he's a guy that's going to, by the end of his career, he's going to be in Hall of Fame talks. And I think that he's hungry for an individual award. He's had the Stanley Cup, had a lot of team success in the past. But I think he wants some kind of individual award to round out his resume as a Hall of Famer. Um, Big-time winner here, the Winnipeg Jets. 
Currently in first place in the Central Division. Now, I thought they'd be a bubble team at the end of the season. They've won seven of their last nine games, which includes two wins over the Avalanche. And I was watching the game on Saturday, which I thought would be a close game. I thought two top three teams in the Central. And the Jets rolled over them in that game, won the game 6-2. to two. And uh, Mark Shifley has played amazing this season, 34 points in 31 games. Kyle Connor has 28-26. and 26. And Connor Hellebuck, the ever-reliable goaltender for the Jets, has a 9.16 save percentage and 10.8. Goal saved above expected. And I, that's, that's why at the start of the year, when people questioned the extension for Hellebuck, I kind of didn't agree with it because he's one of the few goalies in the NHL that I think you can trust put your trust in to be elite now where there's not too many goalies that are that way the the top goalies in the NHL seem to bounce from season to season one guy who's a Vesna candidate one season is getting sent to the AHL the next <laughs> Jack Campbell um <laughs> uh going to go on to the losers here we do have an ultimate loser this week first loser here Jonathan Huberdeau zero points in his last 9 games and I mentioned the NFL segment. I was at the Flames game on Monday against Florida. And though Huberto did, did get the win against his former team, I hardly noticed him out on the ice. Unlike Matthew Kachuk, who I think he had a decent game. It wasn't an elite Matthew Kachuk game, but certainly looked effective out there on the ice. He was very effective on that first goal. Had a tip shot on Markstrom, who, which he, Markstrom saved. Reinhardt put in the rebound that Markstrom couldn't corral. Um... And I think at this point, Calgary needs to, at, I think they need to sooner rather than later trade Jonathan Huberto. Now, you're not going to get much in return for him, but I think what you need to do is maybe a Lucic for James Neal kind of trade that the Flames did a couple years ago, where it was the Flames traded James Neal, who was a much less expensive Huberto for Milan Lucic, who obviously was doing horribly for the Oilers. Both guys had bad contracts. But I think the Flames ultimately in the end won that trade because they got a guy that, while he wasn't scoring, he provided some. He provided physicality. He provided something to the team. He was effective in some regard. And I think that the, that's almost what Calgary should do. And I was listening to NHL Network Radio t yesterday, and someone called in, and it was a Habs fan, Taylor. And they said, because the question was on... Uh, under review yesterday it was what does your NHL team need for Christmas and there was the I will say shout out to this one guy who said he's an Oilers fan he said we need to uh Santa should bring us Victor Hedman in a trade for Darnell Nurse and the the host of the show got very mad he's like why would Tampa ever do that trade and he's like well it's supposed to be a present for us <laughs> so come on we're um, Santa in the equation here gotta be yeah gotta be a little inventive but uh, one Habs fan suggested this was a much more realistic thing. They wanted Jonathan Huberto in a trade, Taylor. And what they wanted was they wanted to give up Brendan Gallagher and Josh Anderson for Jonathan Huberto, which I think salary-wise in the end kind of evens out. But it's because Gallagher and Anderson haven't provided much to the Canadians. And I think... If you're the Flames, you got to trade Huberto while teams still have a little bit of hope that they can turn him around. Because if in three seasons here uh, he's still doing this, there isn't going to be much hope that a new team will change the course for Jonathan Huberto. 
So, and I think that a trade like that, like, you're not bringing in scoring if you're the Flames, but Brendan Gallagher and Josh Anderson can tr contribute something physically. Gallagher is a heart and soul player, even when he's not scoring, you know what I mean? Definitely. Uh -huh. I think, like, I don't know. For someone that's struggled so bad in the last nine games and since he's been in Calgary, it scares me a little bit to, to do that. Yeah. As much as, yeah, you're kind of right. Gallagher and Anderson don't do a lot, so maybe you could get away with it. Um, it doesn't, like, scream opportunity to me, really. Like, it's not like a super, like, oh, my God, we're going to get Huberto and maybe he'll be better. I just, I don't know. From what I've seen since he's been traded, he seems to have lost a lot of like, yeah passion, which, I mean, he is from Quebec, so maybe that could play a part in, you know, kind of getting back into it. But, I mean... I wouldn't be mad because we're not losing a lot, but Anderson's starting to play better recently. Um, and I feel like there's other players that I would get rid of instead of Anderson in that deal, maybe. But, yeah, that's kind of where I stand on that if I was the, the GM of Canadians. But, yeah. Yeah, I understand that as well. Um, next loser here. Golden Knights. Sorry, let me just finish quickly though. If he did go back, if he did go to the Canadians and did have an eighty-point season or a ninety-point season, though, I'd be fantastic, super happy. But I don't know. I think the Canadians need a goal scorer, not as much a playmaker. Yeah, we've talked about it before. I think Clayton that the Canadians are the the team that has not had a forty-goal scorer in the longest period of time in the NHL. I think it was the Cup season that the last time they had a forty-goal scorer, which is kind of embarrassing. So that was like thirty years ago. Yeah. Um, so I think if there's a splash trade to make, although Huberto in the last two years would not be a splash anymore, I think the priority for the Canes is someone that can score regularly for a couple yeah. of guys that can score regularly. So I don't know if Huberto would be on the first on the radar. And he'd probably end up just playing with Monaghan. And yeah, he'd probably play on the Monaghan line. So I don't know if it would really benefit him any more than where he is right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of my thoughts. But no, oh, it's good. Some good points there. I I agree. I will say though, I think Cole Caulfield's going to be your first forty goal scorer. I I I really I'm a big Caulfield guy, so I think he's going to do it. I really like him too, but I also find that he has his moments where he's very inact, um, uh, inconsistent. Yeah. Um, he has goes through games where he get you know he goes on a fourteen game point streak, and then he goes like the next nine with no points. Yeah. So, and he doesn't show up as well against good, good teams. So it's tough to get to 40 when you're not scoring every night or every couple nights and no multiple point game goal games really. So as much as I like him too, I don't think he should be the number one guy for goals, but if he could score 40 as a supporting cast, that would be fantastic. But it's not, I don't, I don't, I don't know. For some reason, I just don't see it. Maybe in a couple of years when he hits his prime, but. Yeah. I'm not really sure. I guess we'll have to see on that one. Time will tell. Uh, I, I kind of dropped the next bombshell here. Uh, Golden Knights as a loser. And it's not as much team performance, but it's more so I talked to you guys before we recorded the show. I watched the game earlier today, and Aiden Hill's hurt, which does a bit of no. damage to 
does a bit of damage to my Vesna agenda. Hopefully he's not hopefully he's not out too long. He did get placed on IR, but hopefully he's not out too long so that he can maybe come back and continue that because whether you like my Vesna agenda, whether you're annoyed by it or not, you have to admit he was playing great to start this season. Um and Logan Thompson, he was playing all right, but I will say and Thompson's now hurt too, which factors into this because now the Golden Knights have lost their top two goalies. And Thompson was playing well overall in the season, but you could tell from when Hill was hurt that Thompson shouldn't he shouldn't be starting eighty percent of the games which he needed to do when Patera's the backup. He can't start eighty percent. He works better in a one A one B system right now that he's in with Aiden Hill and plays better that way. He can't be overplayed. So I think that Hill being hurt, if he's out long-term, it also affects Logan Thompson and his performance as well. Um, with that being said now, the top two goalies for the Golden Knights are Yuri Patera and Isaiah Seville. And if you don't know those names, I don't blame you. Because I think I think Patera was goalie of the year a few years ago with the Brandon Wheat Kings. But, I mean, he's been all right in the AHL, but hasn't been like oh my god, we need to call this guy up. He started a few games last year when we had goalies hurt, but th I think tonight they said on the Tampa broadcast was his fourth start of his career, and he had won every other start previously since um, before that, but the other start that he won, that he, the only other start they made this season, the Golden Knights, I think, won, it was like 5-4 or 6-5. It was 5-4 against the Sharks, and Patera was not good in that game, and I think that over this next stretch of games, Golden Knights are going to need their offense to step up. And listen, they can certainly do it. I referenced the 12-game point streak Jack Eichel's on. It's currently second best in the NHL. He added another couple points tonight. But you lose 5-4 to the Lightning. Those are the kind of games that you're going to be playing in with those two guys as your goalies. for. So hopefully Hill and Thompson can come back soon. Um, and on Isaiah Seville... Uh, he has yet to start a game in the NHL. He's pretty young. Um, I think he was drafted, I want to say, 2019. But he's not been like he's not been overly good to where it's like, oh my god, get this kid in the NHL. Same with Patera. He's, I guess, succeeded at every stage he's been in. Had a 920 in the East Coast League last year. But that's like the equivalent to AA in baseball. There's a whole other step of progression before that, before you get to the NHL. And uh, he had a 902 in the NHL in 10 games last season. Has a 950 this season through three games, which is amazing, but small sample size. So I kind of do want to see him get into a game just to kind of see what he has. Maybe proves that he's better um, than Patera when it comes to the um, NHL. But Golden Knights are going to need Yuri Patera to play like a cowboy from hell over this next stretch of games. And if you got that reference, you're awesome. If you didn't get that reference, you need better music taste. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, I'll, I'll fine. I'll explain it. Uh, Patera sounds like Pantera, which is a band, and Pantera, heavy metal band. There, uh, one of their famous songs with Cowboys from Hell. So, uh, I'm sorry. Right over my head. I'm sorry, yeah. Clayton. <laughs> believe you. I believe you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Isn't that what all the cool kids are listening to these days? Is Pantera? Absolutely. That might be uh, Pantera. Might have fit my year one radio show. I can't lie. I think I might have played a couple of Pantera songs. Okay. I'm I'm a I'm a I like Pantera. So that's, I like that. Um, 
Finally here, the ultimate losers, Detroit Red Wings. Um, it's a bit of a weaker ultimate loser, I guess. I could have just made him a loser, but I decided to make him ultimate loser because I do think it is a bit significant here. They've lost four in a row, six of their last seven games. They're still treading water in the East. They're still in that wild card mix, but they have fallen out of an official spot. Once again, like I said with Washington, you need every point you can get in the East right now because, man, come the end of the season, it's going to get... It's going to get pretty tight there in the East. Um, and they're now, as I mentioned, now on the outside looking in. Dylan Larkin's back, though, now. He's played the last two games, so hopefully, if you're the Red Wings, you can get back into it. And his game, I think, had a bit of a positive impact on Patrick Kane as well, because Kane's now up to six points in eight games, has four points over his last two games when Larkin's been in the lineup, um, which is... If he continues that pace, kind of what we expected from Patrick Kane um, when he signed with Detroit and pro could provide some great value to that team come playoff time if they do make it there. Uh, that concludes it for the winners and losers. Now to the news in the NHL. World Juniors start next week, and I'm not sure what to expect, as in I don't know who's going to win the tournament. I don't know really who the favorite is. I've looked at the Canada roster there's a few names on forward that jump out to me. Connor Geeky went 11th overall in the 2022 draft to the Arizona Coyotes. He's a big kid too, so maybe it's going to be a bit physical. Uh, Matt Savoy, who plays with Geeky with the Wenatchee Wild, which if you don't know who they are, uh, the Winnipeg Ice relocated this and now this season. They're the Wenatchee Wild, yeah, quite the name. Fact, they used to be an arch rival of the Vernon Vipers, so... Oh, really? Seen a couple Wenatchee Wild games in my time. Yeah. But move on. I just had to say that. Fun fact. Yeah. Fun All fact. right. Hey, good to know. Because um, they used maybe... to be in the PCHL and now they're higher up. Yeah. You're right about that. Yeah. So, um, and then the other two names, Matt Portress, who plays for... Boston Bruins. He's played this season. The Bruins are loaning him to Team Canada for the World Juniors. Thank you, Boston. The Buffalo Sabres should have done the same thing with Zach Benson, but they're not either. Um, Macklin Celebrini, who's supposed to go first overall in the draft, he's playing in this tournament, and I think his stock is only going to rise from this because by the sounds of it, Cole Iserman, who's supposed to go number two from the United States, doesn't sound like he's playing in this tournament. So I think from that, it only means that Celebrini's stock can only go up from here. I will say, though, and I'm not going to get into the reasons why they're not in the tournament, but if Russia was in this tournament, I, I'm convinced they'd win. They'd have Matvey Mishkov, Siliev, that kid who I talked about a couple weeks on the TikTok, which I'll run through the gauntlet here after the NHL segment. Uh, Dmitry Simashev, who went sixth overall uh, last year to the... Coyotes, they'd have a pretty good team, but um, not going to get into the reasons why that has nothing to do with sports, and I'm I refuse to talk politics. So, <laughs> um, this isn't, this isn't a political show. No, it's not. Sports um, political, maybe, but real politics. Strictly, no. strictly this is, but even then, politics. even then, though, this is more connected to real politics because the reasons why Russia isn't in the tournament that isn't really a sports political reason. Some conflicts going on that they're involved in that other people have frowned upon. Yeah. Um, moving on to the next one. 
Um, it's a bit of a weird news this week, and it kind of made me sad at first, and then all of a sudden it turns out it's not real. Sounded li- So it came out earlier this week that Nolan Patrick, who is currently on LTIR for the Golden Knights, that he was retiring due to injury. Um, and it turns out this is mis- misinformation. He So Nolan Patrick hasn't played... Uh, he didn't play at all last season, hasn't played at all this season due to concussion injuries. He's really struggled throughout his career. He's a former second overall pick by the Flyers. And when he was on the Flyers, he struggled with injuries. And there was stretches of play for Nolan Patrick where he'd um, look like the second overall pick that everyone expected him to be. And then he would just be derailed due to injuries. And it, you hate to see something like that happen. Um, and the kid's still only 25 years old. If he does end up coming back to hockey, which I hope we do see him back in the game sometime. I hope they he gets back up to speed, whether that's with the Golden Knights or with another team. I hope that he gets his um, career back on track. But it had come out that he had retired. He did not. So some misinformation in the hockey world. Sports reporting in Canada has just been great these last couple of weeks, hasn't it, Terrell? Wonderful. I, <laughs> I love it. Um... Moving on to the next one here. What's going on with the Colorado Avalanche? Um, it's a bit weird. So this will be some swearing. So if you don't want to hear it, three, two, one. There, you better have skipped on to moving on. You better have skipped ahead in the podcast by now if you don't want to hear swearing. Devon Taves took a shot at his teammates after they lost to Chicago earlier this week on Tuesday. And this was the exact quote from Devontae's. I think we got some guys who think they're playing well. And I think they're kidding themselves at this point. It's frustrating to play out there when you got guys who think they're playing well. Uh, actually, that wasn't the swear. The swear is in the next quote um, from Nico no, Ratman. I just missed that quote. No. Uh, All of our loyal <laughs> listeners. But here's the thing with the Avalanche. They're still a top three team right now in the Central Division. They've had a lot of success as a group. They won a Stanley Cup here now, not even two years ago, a year and a half ago. Um, and it's weird to see a team like that having fractures in the locker room. Um, and it's weird in the NHL too. Like I know, um, like anytime it happens in the NHL, people raise their eyebrows because that's not the hockey way. You're not supposed to criticize teammates in the media. You're supposed to give cliche answers. So it it's ultimately pretty interesting when you see something like that happen speaking of not giving cliche answers here's what also makes me wonder about the avalanche locker room less than two weeks ago miko ratnan had some words for our tori lekkonen's dad um who's a broadcaster in finland and had criticized ratnan's training over the summer and so after so miko ratnan had scored against calgary put up two assists in that game and the avalanche had won ratnan says in the post-game interview i got a lot of extra energy one of our Finnish NHL players' dads was talking shit about me in the media that I didn't train last summer like I used to do. And he was just making things up. So I think that was for him, you know? If you talk shit, it's going to come back at you. I... The first two swears in armchair athletes' history. I'm just... I'm just well, laughing. no, we have sworn before. Oh, it's two, like, off the books. That's off the books. Two, like, for sure, like endorsed swears that we did on purpose i just think it's funny that you went if you're listening at home folks skip this part if you don't want to hear a swear and then whoever skipped ahead would have got to the next part where there is actually a swear yeah hopefully they'd (laughs) skip only like two minutes hopefully they skipped like five (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, no. So for that, it's. I think that quote would even be interesting in another league where there's typically, like I know, I don't want to pick on the NBA here, but you look at like you see quotes that happen quite a bit, like where it's James Harden saying "I am the system" or something like that. I think even a quote like that would raise eyebrows in the NBA because you're talking, you're getting mad at another player's dad. And even though he didn't mention Lekkonen by name, it's pretty obvious who he was mentioning. Finnish player's dad? Yeah. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I lo- it's not like he just said like some broadcaster in Finland either. He makes mention of one yeah. of our teammates' dads, meaning like he's mad at the player too as a result. So, and I think it's interesting for a group like the Avalanche, like I said, who had a lot of success as a group and uh, might be interesting here in the future. Maybe it plays out with trades. Maybe it plays out with free agency. Maybe we're just re-overreacting to this. Who knows? Time will tell. Last point here. The Sabres tonight, or Sabres earlier this week had nine scored on them by Columbus and tonight scored nine against the Leafs, which is just hilarious. Who cares about consistency? Does it even exist? Like that um, is consistent. Putting up it doesn't matter what side the goals are on. You just got to get nine. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's all I have for NHL this week. If you guys wanna talk, oh, I was gonna say, gonna run the gauntlet here. Okay. TikTok at Armchair Athletes, Instagram at the Armchair Athletes, uh, Twitter at Chair Athletes, YouTube. At the Armchair Athletes 196. 96 is Miko Rantanen's number. Add that with the 100 swears uh, in this episode. <laughs> I was going to say that maybe it should be something we start doing at the very beginning of shows. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. As well, just want to bring up I did do release, release the first two parts of my jersey ranking on the TikTok, and I've uh, already had a couple people comment uh, criticizing it. Let me just say, hey, controversy creates cash. Um, and I truly believe, I do truly believe in the rankings, though, too. I'm not just doing it for controversy, but I know that it is controversial, so hey, we appreciate the engagement on as any social media platform. Folks, I was going to say, as long as you stand by what you say, it doesn't matter if it's controversial. You could... If your if your ranking is a little different than everyone else's, that's good, you know. Yeah, it is my opinion. So. There you go. Um, I think basketball next. Maybe I kind of want to finish off with the MLB. Yep, we have big news there. We do. Uh, Will, if you want to baller of the week, take it away. Yeah, sure. Uh, baller of the week this week. Uh, if you watch the show, you know that we're not the biggest. Joel Embiid uh, supporters, but boy, is it hard to not support this guy. Like, just on a tear uh, over his last four games, 42, 13, 3, uh, points, rebounds, assists, on 60, 36, 94% shooting splits. Like, that's crazy. He was the MVP last year, and he's playing even better this year. Yeah. I think I think it's honestly kind of unfortunate that he won that first MVP because if there's any season where he really truly deserved to win it, it's probably this one. Yeah. And I think that first MVP is going to kind of taint it a little bit because I still think everyone thought that Jokic deserved it more than him. 
but yeah, I mean, he's been out of his mind this uh, these past few weeks. Granted, uh, the games we're talking about here, Detroit, Charlotte, Chicago, and then Minnesota, which is a very good team with two bigs. Um, but he's kind of had a bit of a bit of a soft schedule, but you know, he's putting up the numbers and he did it in 33 minutes a night. So he's been, he's been lighting it up. Um, one thing I will say though, like you said, we're not big Joel Embiid fans here. Um, I do not like watching him play. <laughs> I can't stand it. Some of the, some of the fouls he draws granted. I do think that, you know, foul baiting is a, is kind of a skill in and of itself. But just watching him, you know, check up a brick like you were talking about earlier in the football segment, trying to draw a foul, and he gets it every time whether there's contact or not. It just, it's frustrating to watch. Then you're too big to fall like that. That's what I'm saying. Like, you're seven to, what, like 280? Like, how are you falling this easily? You're the most fragile man. It just pisses me off watching him. It truly does. It's boy, can you just he shoots free throws in the league? Like that's I mean, ridiculous. The free throws, he's... the free throw shooting is the one that it's that blows my mind the most. Because like, if you think of any unreal Hall of Fame center, none of them were near. And if they were near, it would be crazy. Like I would have loved to know how much better Shaq would have been if he could shoot that. Oh, Shaq. Yeah. 40 games. He probably would be the best player of all. He could possibly be the best player of all time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, Hacky Shack would have never been a thing, but because he shoots so well from the free throw line. But yeah, it's crazy how, like, all those centers back in the day, if they could just, if they practiced that more, it would have been kind of insane to see how much different it would have been. But mm-hmm. I guess we're also in the era of them shooting threes, too, which is kind of crazy. So. Yeah. I mean, he, I think kind of, you know, tying everything together, the amount of fouls he gets a game is crazy, but him shooting 94% with the amount of free throw attempts he has is also crazy. He's just so efficient when he goes up to the line. Like if I, I'm just looking at his stat sheet right now against the Pistons, he had 16 hit 15 of them. Charlotte had six hit all six. Chicago had nine hit eight. And then Minnesota had 18 and he hit 17. So he's he's just so efficient when he goes up to the line that you really you don't want to foul him, but like he's just really good at drawing fouls. As frustrating as it is to watch, um, you have to admit that it is he is good at it. Um, whether or not you consider that like a skill, um, he does it and he does it well, and other players do it and don't do it as well. So yeah, I mean watching him like. The, the play that I thought of when you're talking about he shouldn't fall over like that is he just had one against Chicago Bulls where, yeah, I just went up to take a shot and just like dove to the free throw line, like 15 feet. And it's like, come on, man, you don't got to, you don't have to do all that, you know? Yeah, it's, um, like, it's, it's one thing if you're like Isaiah Thomas. Like, yeah. Five foot, whatever, trying to get to the free throw line because you're shorter and smaller than the court, but like, Joel Embiid, if you really like, oh, not to say like, guys so big, go down low and you'll get fouled. You don't have to do all this extra, no extra shit. Now that we yeah. switched the show, <laughs> holy, like, there we go. Speaking, um, 
of shit. How Ooh. bad do you think the Raptors have been this year? I think they've been so bad. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far, but <laughs> they aren't good. Mid? mid? I think they've been below mid. I don't. That's true. They haven't been. They have not been S word. They've just been like so mid. Like they can't string anything together. That's their. It's the same team, man. They're the same team. So, like they just don't make any changes. It's yeah. I I I don't like their coach either. I, although it's probably not the coach's fault. Not a huge Darko fan, but mm-hmm. you can only do so much with this. Roster, no, that's true. Right? But I just feel like. Like, yeah, Nurse last year wasn't great, but most of the time that Nurse was there, if they were going a little skid, he'd usually figure a way to change it. And it seems like right now it's kind of just rolling a dice, and sometimes they play good and they win, and the other times they just get blown out or just shown up by some teams that aren't great either. I honestly feel like maybe they're not changing anything because the changes are going to come on the court. It's going to come from the front office. And then they're going to change this roster and start to build chemistry and a game plan. Yeah. They got to do something. I don't know. Yeah. You can't, you either, you got to win a championship or you got to lose and try and get a good pick. You don't want to sit in purgatory in the middle like so many teams do because they're scared of tanking. Um, it's just like they're trying to be a playing team and it doesn't work. Which, no. Like, I understand, I understand the rationale of, like, you know, anything can happen. Football any given Sunday, you know. But yep. this Raptors team, yeah. Even if they do make as a play-in team, they're not going deep on a deep playoff run. Um, yeah, they've just been disappointing. Yeah. I think um, shooting has been one of our worst things. Mm-hmm. We just don't shoot the ball consistently enough with the other teams and Eastern Conference or just in the NBA in general. We don't really have that guy for for shooting the ball, so it, it, it makes it harder to run an offense with no mm-hmm. real spacing. So that's the thing I find the most frustrating watching them. It's yeah. just like it's just mid man. It's just mid. Mm-hmm. I I'm just like hoping they trade somebody because it's, it's You gotta do something, you know? It's yeah. Not a thing for anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. If we're talking about shit, though, how about those Pistons? They're just, they're really stinking it up, man. What's the all-time record? Is it 27? 28. 28. Wasn't tonight the game that there was, there was a potential that they were yeah, supposed to win? because Utah had like a billion players out. The Utah. Still no chance. Lights. Now, yeah. the Pistons are Cade Cunningham and the Jazz are Kelly Olynyk. Canadian <laughs> legend. Don't disrespect Kelly Olynyk had 27 bomb, yeah. Don't disrespect That's crazy. Him. That's crazy. He is a Canadian legend. Um, yeah. Dang. What else? I mean, what can you really say about him? They're terrible. You know what? You know what's so weird, though? If I just take a quick glaze over the, raf- the Pistons roster... It's young, but there's some decent talent in there. I don't know how it's possible to lose 25 games in a row with that lineup. Because you don't want to win. I guess, yeah. but like, it's just like, yeah, I, I guess that's got to be it. I don't think you can want to lose that. 
I was going to say, like, if you look at this Pistons lineup, right now. if you look at this Pistons lineup, they played 10 players today, and I think there's maybe one or two from the Jazz that are better than the one on the other side. Like, as personal, like, 1v1 matchups goes. But it just, for some reason, they just don't try. And it's just kind of sad. I feel bad for Cade Cunningham, to be honest. Look, if you're, he's a good player. if you're up there tanking, you got to set yeah. some record, you know. Why not let it be the losing streak record? It's true. You want to get your name in history books. I think the Bob is that not like I know you guys talk tanking and all that, but how demoralizing is it to like I talked about the Sharks earlier this year when they lost ten or let in ten goals in back to back games. How demoralizing is that though too to be on such a long losing streak? Even like you know at the end of the season, like oh we might get a good draft pick, but like twenty five games, like that's very excessive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Draft pick doesn't mean shit to the players. Yeah, like, exactly. This is for this is so we can get a good steer. That's because you're you're probably going to be a lot of those guys are going to be losing their job to this new guy that's going to come. That's, yeah, yeah, that's so, yeah. Thing. And like last year, you had Wemby at the top of the draft. Who's the number one guy this year? Um, Zach Eady, maybe. Who's that? Know. Seven five Purdue guy. Is that Cooper Flag? Uh, Cooper Flag's still in high school though. I, was, I think he committed. Yeah, he's not eligible for yeah. the draft. No, he'll be but, next year. So, uh, this so year it's supposed ball. to be. This year it could be that. Um, there's another guy. He plays for Overtime Elite. His name's Matas Buzelis or something like that. He's supposed but, to go up high. You know what I mean? Last year you had Wemby, and everyone knew who yeah. Wemby was. Like that's the thing. Immediately, like, they had the generational, the generational thing happen, and then they're probably going to go a while without having another generational thing. Same with the NHL with the Bedard thing. Yeah, like a generational talent that everybody talks about might not happen for a while now. Yeah. So it's tough. It's tough when you didn't get Wembenyama. I, I mean, who knows? I don't know how many more games they would have won with Wembenyama if they got Wembenyama. Probably not many. Probably not very many. No. Nope. Yeah. No. So um, it's it's tough. But. I think maybe last thing in the NBA. Do you want to talk about the Memphis Grizzlies and John Morant making his comeback? Oh, that was crazy. That yeah, game I, winner I on the I didn't watch the game, but I watched the highlights. No, it was like. It's like he wasn't suspended for 25 games and hasn't played an NBA game in a year. Like They're 2-0 with him. I mean, so. that, the Grizzlies as a team without him were like one of the yeah. worst teams in the West. And maybe they'll turn it around. I don't think they'll make the playoffs at this point or anything like that. But yeah, 2-0 with him compared to uh, 6-19 and without him. So... They yeah. did. They did beat the Pacers today, who are they a big team. So who knows? They might start going around eight and nineteen. Yeah, it's not good, but you can maybe come back from that a little easier. Yeah, It's just so, it's quite the hill to climb. Was the only thing. yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, even know. I'm trying to see the standings here. They're they're fourteenth. No, thirteenth. Sorry, thirteenth. To get into but... like a considerable playoff spot, if you go on an eight or nine game winning streak, you can the... maybe do it. You, the you issue, have to go on a winning streak. Yeah. The issue is to even hit uh, like a 10 seed, the Lakers are already at above 500. So mm-hmm. there's quite the jump from 13, 14, 15 to 12, 11, 10. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah. 
So, but I mean, he's fun to watch. I'm glad he's back. He's like just the most athletic guy ever. And also like insane body control. I don't know how else to describe it. He just looks super yeah. fluid out there, I guess. Yeah. Really crazy body control. Yeah. Yep. So he's, he's fun to watch. And that game winner on the Pelicans is pretty nuts. So mm-hmm. glad he's back. He's fun to watch. So, um, I can go to the MLB. MLB. I just wanted to say, um, or I just want to talk about Christmas Day games. Do you guys watch NBA on Christmas at all? Um, Depends. Um, I, 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 usually I usually watch. watch you know the. You know, the am I the only? Am I the only? Am no, I the only well, one getting echo? Yeah, we're getting yeah, a we're ridiculous echo right now. Yeah, that's my bad. Come on, Will. Come on, Will. You can just mute, mute. No. until you talk. Until you talk. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, do you guys watch NBA on Christmas at all? Is there still an echo? Uh, no. My, my, my... I still have an I echo. Yeah. Say the one my game I usually watch is like like Lakers, Lakers Golden, Golden State, State back in the day, or mm-hmm. like LeBron versus Golden State. Mm-hmm. Sounds like sounds like we're up. back. Yeah, it's just yeah, it is just Will with the mic. Unfortunately, sorry to throw you under the bus, Will, but so yeah. I would say that's one of the games I look like if I to watch a game, it's usually that game. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I don't watch it that often because the Raptors never get a game, which kind of sucks. But they need to, if they were better, they would get a game. I wonder well, if they didn't get one better. after they won the championship, which still that's also true. Them. But maybe they just I don't know. Nobody wants to actually watch them. I have no idea. I watched last. I watched last year when Luka Doncic beat up on. Uh... Uh, my glory, my glorious court jester, um, on Christmas Day. I did watch that game. How dare you? You're talking about you're talking about the in season tournament champion. Is that who you're talking about? The only one in history. Yeah. Okay, that's weird. I wonder why Luca didn't win that tournament then. It's strange how that happened. Oh, jeez. Um, I I will say this about NBA. I uh. I was at a bar last night, and, um, and they had the Celtics and Kings game mm. on the TV. High-scoring game, and it seems like I'm seeing, even just as a casual viewer of the NBA, a lot of high-scoring games lately. Has that been a trend in the NBA? Like, is that, or am I just, am I just maybe watch seeing uh, all these giant scores, and um, am I just not getting what's going on? Yeah, you're imagining it. This isn't real. <laughs> um, I think it's just going to continue to be a trend where point totals go upward just now forever until history because guys are getting better at scoring. And yeah, we talked about it with Embiid, you know, it's harder to defend now. You get dudes that foul bait um, and flop. And as much as we saw that anti-flopping technical uh, rule come in, it just really hasn't been enforced as much, I don't think. So... It's a combination of dudes getting better and defense getting harder to play, maybe. Yeah. Well, and I feel like the emphasis on defense is so little now. Yeah. Like, you don't see very many, if not really any at all, players that get drafted now or players that are still in the NBA now that are, like, defensive stoppers. And that's their job. I mean, Asar Thompson, that's kind of... 
yeah, but like, yeah, I guess you're labeled that, but he's not going to make it as a fantastic player being just that, if that makes sense. I, yeah, I just don't, there's just, I don't think there's room on rosters for guys who can't score anymore. Exactly. Um, yeah. Like uh, back in the day, yeah, you could have some, you know, big man or guard, whoever, where all they did was defend the guy that was in front of them or sit in the low post and try and get blocks. But yeah, you have to be able to score now. Um, and maybe it's I'd, not that defense is like less emphasized. It's just that offense is becoming more emphasized. Defense is still very important. And you will have yeah. dudes that that uh, get drafted or find spots on teams solely because of their defense, even if they aren't as good offensively. Yeah. What I'll say is college is still such huge defensive emphasis. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those guys coming out of college – it's huge. You can tell, mm-hmm. like, watching a college game versus an NBA game, how much different it is defensive-wise. Yeah, they do. There's a lot more pressure on ball in college, for sure. Yeah, so I think you notice more guys that are defense-first in college that are made up to be defense-first when they go to the NBA, and then you yeah. can tell that they work on their offense way more, mm-hmm. like, after that. Mm-hmm. So, For sure. I mean, I immediately think of Rudy Gobert. He's not on any team because he's putting up a bunch of points, you know? No. So. But, again, there's a few left that are still. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Will, do you want to talk? We've had Will on, I guess, like a timeout thing. (laughs) Will's in timeout. (laughs) You want to talk? You've got headphones now. I can't I can't get my mic back in my headphones, so I don't know if it's echoing still. No, but... it's not. We're good now. No, it's not. We're good. Okay. You're out uh, of timeout. Thanks, boys. Yeah, I felt <laughs> felt pretty excluded there. <laughs> Just felt like a felt like a podcast listener. An outsider. You were standing at the studio yeah. window with your hands on the glass like this. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me in. Let me in. Um, yeah, I was gonna say, well, to that extent of. Um, defenders being on rosters i'm like first name that came to my mind was ben simmons uh because we've seen what happens to a guy when he doesn't have an offensive game elite defender but can't stay on the floor because you can't get a bucket nobody respects you and overall you just you're a burden to the team very true yeah and i guess pj tucker was the first one i thought of pj tucker truth the lebron stopper pj tucker yeah. Um, yeah, and then I guess you know you have guys like uh, Sabonis, who they're kind of a pylon on defense, but he play makes good enough and is good enough as an offensive center that he can still find spots and start on the Kings. Yeah. So yeah, no, I do absolutely get what you're saying. I just think yeah, I think there's more leeway for guys who are great offensively and less good defensively than vice versa. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Because you have to score points to win. In the NBA, just in case you're wondering. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't know. Does highest score like win two or something? Yeah, that is mostly generally Usually. how it goes. Yeah. From what I've yeah. seen, yeah. that is generally how it works. <laughs> um, uh-uh. We can uh, finish off with the MLB unless you guys got something else to say. You know? No. I got nothing. No. Okay. Yeah. So, the MLB. Um, Big news today. I don't know what you'd call him, I guess. Highly touted free agent out of Japan, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, 
who's been kind of dancing around between which team he'd go to. I knew that the San Francisco Giants were on that list, as well as the New York Yankees. Unfortunately, he has signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers on a 12-year deal for $345 million, I believe. Oh, wow. $325 sorry. Um, I mean... That's it's just it's disappointing. I said last show after the Otani signing that I was going to be a fan of anyone who plays the Dodgers, and now that's even even more so. I'd say uh, I'll cheer for anybody but the Dodgers at this point. As long as they don't win, I'll be happy. Um, other news: there really haven't been a ton of other deals. Actually, that's not true. Right after our show last week, I kind of forgot about this. Um, Tyler Glasnow went to the Los Angeles Dodgers as well with uh, Manuel Margot and then signed an extension. So Los Angeles has really kind of shored up uh, their starting rotation. Um, again, it's wor- not a big it's world, se- it's world Series or bust for the Dodgers. Oh, absolutely. Not? We said that for when they got Otani. Um, yeah. And now, you know, two other big... A billion engines. dollars on... Sorry, go finish it. Well, no, you're, you're absolutely right. A billion dollars between two players is insane and not not even not trying to say that otani or yamamoto didn't deserve their contracts but yeah a billion dollars split between two guys is just nuts um mookie betts has a pretty big contract too doesn't he yeah mookie freddie freeman they have a lot of big big deals on their on their team right now but obviously you know money isn't an issue for them um which is kind of why you'd want to see a more of a maybe a hard salary cap cap implemented outside of just the luxury tax, but they are going to get just decimated by the luxury tax, I would assume, unless they can figure something out with this uh, Yamamoto deal. I'm not sure if it has big uh, deferrals like Otani, which I don't I don't think it does. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm not a huge fan of it. Some other deals. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., former Blue Jay, agreed to a three-year extension with the Diamondbacks, so good for him. Um, I mean, that's kind of it. There really weren't a lot of other big names moved. Former Blue Jay, Jake Lamb, to a minor league deal with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Really, the reason I wanted to end off on the MLB segment is because now we can swear, because we're not doing this live. (laughs) And I've oh. had some I've had some feelings building up for the past well even since last season that I've never been able to fully express. So uh, I just have a list of people pulled up here. Um, number one on my list because this is where it, it all started is fuck Rob Manfred. I hate you. Um, John Fisher, owner of the Oakland, well I guess now Las Vegas Athletics. Uh, fuck you. I hate you. Um, and then the Los Angeles Dodgers, fuck you, and uh, Shohei Otani's agent. Um, what's his name? Trying to find him again here. Uh, Nez Balelo. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Apologies if I've mispronounced your name, sir. Uh, fuck you too. Um, the quote from him, which just was like taking the knife, stabbing with it, and then twisting it repeatedly. Um, here's this quote after the Shohei Otani signing. I felt really, really bad for the country of Canada 
and I felt really, really bad for the Toronto Blue Jays organization. They are good people. What they had to endure, the pain, wasn't right. I felt so bad for all of them they had to go through that because it was the extreme emotional roller coaster of thinking they had them and then finding out they didn't. Yeah, hey, no shit, man. You're his agent. You're the reason he didn't go there. It's like why you'd come out with that like like weird like sob story pity party for Canada after your guy doesn't go there seems strange to me and comes across as like just really weird. I didn't understand that at all. So not a not a big fan of that to be entirely honest with you. Um just frustrating. And and you know maybe if some Dodgers fan is listening to this and they say, "Oh, listen, you're just a hater. You're mad that they were getting all these free agents. You didn't get them." Yeah, you're goddamn right I am. I am pissed we didn't get Otani. Are you kidding me? Everyone's mad they didn't get Otani. Yeah. So is is misguided maybe is some of these this hatred is um it's just so frustrating knowing that uh i mean to be honest it seems like the blue jays at this point were kind of just a pawn to drive up otani's final price regardless so if that's the case then even more so fuck uh, otani's agent but yeah just just frustrating stuff right there feels good to get out of my system though I liked that. I liked that rant. Oh, it's just, it's uh, so painful. This went from, uh, yeah, we can swear now, guys, to, yeah, I hate oh. this list of people. As soon as, as soon as I got the, as soon as I got the endorsement and other, we, we all went first, I was like, I'm putting MLB last so we can end on that uh, note. Oh boy. All right. Is that it then? Oh uh, yeah, I, I don't have anything else. Uh, uh, I, I'm good. Do you want me yeah, to run through? Sorry, the... sorry. Oh. One more thing that I forgot to mention in terms of um, uh, off-season transactions. Andrew McCutcheon back to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Kind of, I would assume like a like a retirement one one last year. Kind of the pool host thing going back to St. Louis. Um, I mean, yeah, I think McCutcheon's going to be a Hall of Fame guy if not very close to it so it'll be fun to watch him back in pittsburgh to finish out uh, his career i think that covers it all then um i all run through the gauntlet here once again tiktok at armchair athletes instagram at the armchair athletes twitter at chair athletes uh armchair athletes 196 is the youtube and uh yeah, the 196, once again, I think we've not only does the 100 represent the squares, but we're now up to 196 on the show. Well, yeah. Um, also, real quick here, what you guys think of the pop figures that I did? I was I was hoping you guys didn't, like, oh. hate them or I not. I thought they turned out pretty well. Oh, those are dope. Yeah. And yeah, if you're listening... My mom liked it. Okay. okay. Uh, if you're listening I, at home, go look at them on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Taylor, uh, I have to add... so. One of your buddies had commented and said, oh, a Blue Jays hat, this guy's a fraud. So I'm the one that did him. I guess I'll be the one to claim responsibility. And my thing was just, Taylor comes in. Uh, Jaden. Who? Jaden. Oh, yeah. Because he, yeah, I don't know. Uh, 
I, so the reason why I I gave you a Blue Jays hat was because I know you wear a lot of baseball caps, and so I I think you've worn a Jays one before. I thought you were a Jays fan, so I put that one. Uh, I don't really have a favorite baseball team. I've kind of like oh, okay. explained to most of my friends that I'm more of an individual player kind of guy. Okay. Um, okay. I'm a huge Julio fan, so okay, yeah. I would say maybe the Mariners potentially, but. Uh, it's more just like singular players that I really like. Okay. So I wear a few different baseball game. hats. I'm not, I'm not a, uh, not a like a, a super true fan. Like I, I, I will watch baseball if it's the playoffs and maybe the odd game. And that Jaden is a Yankees fan, so I have to watch a lot of those. But um, I'm not very partial to a team. If a baseball hat looks cool, then I'll buy it, kind of thing. Okay. But Julio is my favorite player in MLB, so maybe the Mariners. Okay. Well, and I'm I'm sorry for giving you a Blue Jays hat then. That's okay. <laughs> it's fine. He, yeah. It's okay. Like I think it still kind of look like me, so that's all that matters. That's good. Terrell, <laughs> I, I thought they were dope. Already, and Terrell, I tried to put your pigeon on the orange hat. But all it would generate would be an actual like pigeon sitting on top of your head. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> that would that would refine too. I wouldn't have minded that. Yeah. Um, that's all I've got for today. Um, all right. Thanks for. Unless you guys have anything else to say. I don't think so. No. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, come back next week. I think we're going to do another show probably like this next week. Um. Not sure what our schedules will look like, though. So maybe it'll be a Thursday. Maybe it'll be a Friday. Maybe it'll be a Sunday. Who knows? Who knows? I will say happy holidays. Merry oh, Christmas. true. Yeah. I'm guessing we're probably not going to do an episode before our actual Christmas. Here. So, yeah. Merry Christmas to everybody. Um, yeah. Um, potentially happy new year. We don't know yet, like we just said. Um, I think we could probably get an episode in before the new year. How about, how about, I was going to say. Here's here's how I'll finish. Uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas to uh, Rob Manfred, John Fisher, and Naz uh, <laughs> uh, Balelo. There we go. Have a have a good uh, Christmas, fellas. Oh, and the entire Dodgers organization. They can also have a good Christmas. I'll uh, I'll say yeah, Happy holidays, Merry Christmas to everybody. Um, if a show happens next week, it'll just be the og armchair athletes uh all right out of country uh needs need some podcasting downtime not he's not so dedicated to the game folks this is why that he was on timeout earlier don't say that OG armchair is a <laughs> that's okay either way merry christmas yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. merry christmas everybody. everybody for listening thank you for listening